Welcome to Mother Food, a podcast dedicated to mothers who turn the traditional role of feeding into professional success. I'm your host, Elisa Timoshkina, event planner, supper club host, cook, food writer, and first-time mama. In this podcast, we will meet women who forged inspiring careers in food while also embracing life as mothers. We cover topics from life-work balance and self-nurture to pregnancy diets, breastfeeding, baby weaning, family meal planning, and a lot more. No matter where you are on your journey now, you will find support, advice, inspiration, and a community here. Mother Food is a space for heartfelt discussions filled with recipes, food memories, practical tips, and honest insights into the lives of modern mothers. My guest today is Zuza Zak, food writer and anthropologist, recipe developer and supper club chef. Zuza moved away from Poland at the age of eight, making England her home. She is a mom to a four-year-old girl called Delphine, or as she lovingly calls her Nusha, and is expecting her second daughter in June. She is the author of Polska cookbook, exploring recipes and food culture from her native Poland, and she is currently studying for a PhD in food anthropology, as well as finishing her second cookbook dedicated to the cuisine of the Baltic region. Speak about multitasking, hey? You can follow Zuza on her Instagram account at Cooks to enjoy heartfelt home cooking and heart-melting images of her making dumplings with her adorable girl. Zuza and I met three years ago when I invited her to be the guest chef for a Polish-themed edition of my supper club, Kinovino. We have a lot of things in common. Growing up in the socialist Eastern Europe, the experience of making England a new home, our love of history and academic studies, and a rather tricky experience of working on a cookbook while being pregnant. Only Zuza has done that twice now. So I just could not wait to talk to her and invite her to be my first guest for this podcast. Zuza, welcome to Mother Food. Thank you. Hi, Alyssa. Um, I wanted to start at the very beginning, really, um, and to talk a bit about your mother and your mm -hmm. experience of being a child. Um, yes. With your mum and how, especially how your idea of food and motherhood formed based on your own experience as a child. Yes, that's an interesting kind of connection. Um, so I was born in communist Poland and uh, my mother, she didn't think she could have children. She really wanted a family, but she'd already lost uh, one child and then some doctor told her she couldn't have oh, any more. Yeah, so I was um, a really pleasant surprise for mm. her. But I think she was also sort of quite paranoid as well at the beginning. Yeah. So she told me that she sort of overdressed me and made me a little bit too hot and oh, um, kind of smothered me. <laughs> I think yeah. that question we all struggle with uh, 
kind of what the yeah. kids should wear and stuff. <laughs> I definitely yes. struggle with that. But in terms of food, you know, even though it's communist oh. Poland, I never remember oh. there being. Oh, hello, Rosie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello there. <laughs> I never remember there being any lack mm. uh, or any kind because you know I think my mum's a very resourceful person, and the families kind of work together in this sort of community to just provide everything. Yeah. So as a child, I never felt any kind of lack. If anything, there was like an abundance of food. That's because amazing. everyone was cooking all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting as a kid, because you don't know the, you know, you're not aware of the political or social context, what you have, exactly. you know, your world is literally your mom and your close family. So how they respond to exactly. it and what they create for you, that's kind of your reality then, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, I would hear sometimes that someone queued for six hours, mm. but I was never really forced to queue or I can't remember being forced to queue. So um, we didn't really have, you know, I didn't really sort of feel the sort of lacks or anything. But um, my dad wasn't around so much because he was working in England a lot. So I think my mum moved in with my gran right. at some point. Yeah. And then, you know, they sort of fed me together. So... I mean, lots of dump I remember lots of dumplings, lots of sweet stuff, and just like huge quantities of things. Mm. You know, they would just like be like, oh, have some more, have some more. <laughs> yeah, know? I guess it's a simple food, but a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, but lots of really delicious comfort food. Yeah. you know, with sort of curd cheese dumplings oh, with like seasonal fruits oh, and lovely. things like that. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. You said your mum, as she wasn't expecting to get pregnant again. Mm. To her, becoming a mother was, you know, it was a gift, but also that it came with a lot of kind of nervous energy. Yes. Um, how did that, or did that at all um, influence your own perception of motherhood and your own journey into motherhood? Um, I think it probably has. You know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't particularly maternal or sort of family orientated like my mum. I mean, I was in the sense mm. that I spent a lot of time with my existing family, but I wasn't so sort of intent on... At setting up my own family it just kind of happened um yeah and actually it was um I, I got pregnant sort of by accident and I had a miscarriage and it was only after I had that miscarriage that I realized I really wanted a baby so so after that I, I knew that that's what I definitely wanted and um but when it happened um oh gosh I got so paranoid <laughs> I was so paranoid mm. for so long uh, in a different way to my mum, not with the, you know, yeah. overdressing her or anything, but just um, I didn't really like anyone else holding her. I didn't want to get out of the house, uh, that kind mm. of thing. I was just overprotective in a different way, maybe. And how did you cope with that sense of um, anxiety and worry for something happening to the baby um, during pregnancy? Yeah, the pregnancy itself, I, I didn't sort of stress out about too much. I just kind of tried not to think about it to, because the first time I sort of I was counting the weeks and where I was at and then it all went wrong. So the second time I was like, mm. right, I'm just letting it happen without thinking about it. And I was quite yeah. busy as well yeah. because I got an offer for my book at that point. So yeah, <laughs> in the same week, actually. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, wow. Yeah, as, as I found out, I was pregnant. So I was just very, very busy. And um, yeah, and also the fact that I felt really sick for the first three months—that um, mm -hmm. it, it's horrible. But at the same time, it makes you think that oh well, something's definitely happening. You know, yeah, <laughs> you definitely yeah. feel pregnant. That's true. Yeah.
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and this time round, because I'm pregnant again now. Um, yes, congratulations on that. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Um, I did have a little bit of blood at some point, and I completely, me and my partner completely freaked out because, oh, yeah. Gosh. Um, but it was just a tiny bit, so it didn't continue, so it was fine, but because that's how it started twice before when I've had miscarriages it, it mm-hmm. can, that, that sort of thing can really freak you of out of course it brings crazy yeah. scary memories yeah it? yeah exactly but again you know I guess it's time you just sort of feel pregnant and you, you're sort of um you know at first you're feeling sick all the time and then once you start he- feeling the baby kicking you know you know it's you know mm. it's fine that's very yeah. reassuring yeah. isn't it yeah and did, did you have, um, and do you have now any um, cravings? What's your, How, what's your relationship with food now? Um, you know, it's weird. I'm not, I don't really have um, cravings, more like aversions to things. Okay, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. I'm not really that keen on fish. Whenever I'm pregnant, I'm not, like, when I was writing my first book and I did a fish chapter, and that was a real struggle for me. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I empathize with that. Well, funny, it's just occurred to me that um, book writing and pregnancy kind of go hand in hand yes. for you because you are working on your yeah, second book in... and you're exactly. pregnant now. And working on it when I got um, morning sickness for the first three months, it was Gosh, exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great one because, um, you know, food is your yeah. career as well, um, but lots of women who don't have to um, write yes. a cookbook, but they still have to cook for their family and their other children yeah. if they're pregnant again. Um, how did you, what are kind of the tools that you had in place to help you? You know, you still had to cook to test the recipes. How did yeah. you manage oh my gosh. Um, I guess this time around, I was a bit easier on myself. I also had a little bit more time to hand the book in, which helped. Um, mm-hmm. but I kind of uh, promised myself I wasn't going to force myself to cook anything like like you know I wasn't going to do the fish chapter again because that was really awful <laughs> yes <laughs> I was just gonna cook in the moment just you know grasp the moment when I'm feeling like oh I really feel like something I'm you know and then I'm just gonna mm-hmm. cook all those things that I really feel like so that just use those little moments of energy that I have and obviously my mum helps quite a lot as well you know as much as she could both times near the end of the book writing uh you have a lot of random recipes to test so it doesn't kind of correspond with what your family maybe needs so then I just keep it really simple you know um family meals like either I get my partner to cook something or I just do some kind of like pasta dish or something like that Mm -hmm. there's always lots of food but it just isn't necessarily the the kind of food that you would eat for dinner and do you kind of watch what you're eating are you um creating meals that you know are nourishing for you as a pregnant woman or as a you know nursing mother oh gosh um, mm. or you just kind of let your body guide you and you just eat intuitively i i let my body guide me a lot but i've noticed mm-hmm. that because of my first pregnancy i put on 18 kilograms the first 10 kilograms just came off by themselves and the last yeah. eight were almost impossible it was so hard to get them off Um, and so, so this time I promised myself I was going to eat a little bit less in the last trimester, but I feel myself really craving like Nutella and chocolate and stuff, you know, Mm. and it's really hard to stop myself because at the same time I feel like I'm pregnant. I've got all these, like, I'm not very comfortable, you know, I need to have something. (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's always, um, it's been my dilemma as well. There's part of it, I really believe in, um, you know, it's good for you to eat when you're happy. It yeah. doesn't matter what you eat. If you feel well and you feel this food is bringing something to you, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But also, of course, there's kind of objective signs yes. that if you eat too much brownie <laughs> yeah. or, you know, something that's technically not good yes. for you, surely that can't be good for yeah. you. So I've had the same thing where mostly during breastfeeding, I just couldn't stop eating uh, brownies. Um, <laughs> literally, I had to have at least one every day. <laughs> yeah. And I thought... Surely that can't be good, but I didn't see any anything wrong with me. Like I wasn't putting on weight, I wasn't breaking out, you know, my skin wasn't breaking yeah. out. So I thought, well, seems like my body is okay with there it. I'm happy with I it. I think, you know, <laughs> if you're doing one a day, I think that's really great. For me, it's like always a matter of controlling the amount, you know, I have the capacity right. to eat huge amounts of food. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I find it hard to stop. I don't know if this is something to do with upbringing or like just that feeling of like oh just have some more have some more you know that was kind of yeah. um started in my childhood <laughs> and I just feel like oh I'll have a little bit more then oh, I'll have a little bit more that's interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd really like my daughter to have a little bit more of like a, a feeling of when to stop you know so mm, mm. how do you try to introduce that to kind of create that well, initiative for her that you know you eat mindfully yeah stop when you genuinely don't want anymore not like you know luckily there is enough food yeah. but you don't you know you don't need to eat at all yes um gosh it's, it's it is a bit tricky because my partner's very much like come on finish your food finish your food you know he has a sort of slightly mm. different mentality yeah i think it's a generally kind of a big cult like in most cultures yeah. you know you do kind of force your children to finish the yes what's on their plate um, and on one hand I, I agree you know we don't want food waste or anything but on the other hand i also want her to stop when she's full but then also i'm noticing that mm. sometimes she just sort of uh stops when she's not full because she wants uh you know dessert and stuff <laughs> she wants to fill up on yeah. other things after the meal so it's like it's a little bit tricky but at the same time, um, she's such a good eater. You know, I can't really complain. She eats everything and um, and tries food when I ask her to. Tr That's wonderful. Yes, yes. Um, so just I sort of just um, keep asking her, like, you know, if, if she's sort of because she said, oh, I'm finished. I'm like, are you sure you're finished? Because you haven't eaten very much. Can you eat a little bit more? And then she's like, OK, I will, you know, and I'll have a little, mm -hmm. you know, so she's not that hard to convince. And I, I do just sort of. And I try not to put too much pressure on the whole food thing, you know, like just generally let her decide stuff. Yeah. And luckily she doesn't decide too badly. Like, you know, she'll have like a sweet or two sweets and and she's fine with that. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. I wonder if that's got anything to do with, well, A, you being very relaxed about mm. it. You know, there's no kind of nervousness around a meal, yeah. but also... As anyone who follows you on Instagram will see lots of lovely pictures of you cooking together. Yeah. So she, you know, she sees you cook. She's part of the process yeah. and she has a very clear understanding of kind of how that whole chain of events works. Yes, exactly. And actually, um, I think the other day my partner did something which I thought was quite nice. Um, he kind of really brought her attention to the food and he was sort of saying, so do you know what, what meat you're eating there? And um, 
and it turned out she didn't really know which bird it was <laughs> mm. <laughs> um so you know and he kind of he was like and you know and this bird uh someone had to kill it so that you know and it kind of um put everything into perspective for her and made her yeah, respect yeah. it quite a lot more so I thought that was a really lovely thing to do and I might continue that yeah yeah that's yeah. wonderful and if you can tell us more a bit about your whole feeding journey with uh, your first yes. child um kind of how was the breastfeeding when did you start weaning when did you stop breastfeeding uh, yeah, absolutely oh gosh <laughs> literally only just or, yeah I know <laughs> that's great I mean uh, not intentionally it just sort of happened that way but um well basically I had quite a difficult labor because she was placed in a bit of a weird position um so we had a, I had a, an emergency c-section in the end um, mm -hmm. And I heard a lot of people say, you know, it's very difficult to breastfeed after a C-section. Um, but actually, within 40 minutes of coming out, she was latched on. That's yeah, brilliant. it was it was really I felt really lucky that that happened that way because the whole thing was so traumatic. But it was um, for both mm. of us. And it was just a nice way for us to kind of bond. Um, yeah. And she was just on it all the time for the first three months. I mean, she, you know, sometimes for two hours she'd be latched on. And, and then, yeah, yeah, it was really difficult to unlatch her for four years. She <laughs> 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 stayed latched on for four years. Yeah, it was a real, a real bonding thing for us. And I think um, I kind of wanted to stop when she was around two. But on the other hand, we had such a kind of, um, she really did the whole terrible twos thing so dramatically had so many meltdowns mm -hmm. every day that by the end of it by the end of each day it was a nice way to reconnect just That's yeah lovely. just yeah. To have something where we're sort of reconnecting again emotionally because we've been so annoyed with each other all day and mm -hmm. yeah kind of needed yeah. it yeah but that's actually interesting um i wanted to ask you about the emotional aspect of feeding for that yeah. long and especially as they get more um physically strong you know the, the stuff that Rosie does to me sometimes <laughs> is actually really yeah. painful she can grab me yeah. or she you know the way she just kind of uses you as a yes, part of her yes. lunch in a way <laughs> it, I find it very hard emotionally yeah so like it's interesting how you say that you know after you've been annoyed with each other with, with each other you you know instead of kind of pushing her away and saying oh, I'm, I'm not going to give yeah. you any more of myself you actually find breastfeeding as a really lovely way yeah, of reconnecting. That was, it, was, it was really nice I expect it's different with each child and um, yeah and actually there was a few times when she was four that she wanted to have some I mean it's, it's actually there isn't any more now last time she tried there wasn't any more because we haven't really been doing it but um it didn't feel right at all I was like a bit like oh <laughs> 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 right <laughs> um, so I guess it just was like a very just natural physical reaction to like stop doing mm. that now. yeah so I guess you didn't um, have any kind of psychological, emotional issues about stopping because it was such a oh, kind was, of natural, yeah. organic closure that you both kind of felt well, happy I think with she it. She would have probably liked to a little bit more, but more. Okay. <laughs> but for me, it was a very, very strong physical reaction, and yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping with the next child, it's not going to be four years. It's, it was a very long time, and. So, like retrospectively, you think it was a bit too I too long for your. I think we needed it, maybe. Own liking. Um, but yeah. I'm hoping with the with it's going to be another little girl. She's going to see her sister, not having it. Yeah. And she's going to want to grow up a little bit quicker as they do, and 
and it's not going to be necessary i hope you know perhaps i'll be able to have like a natural labor where it's not so traumatic as well touch wood because you know we're in the middle of a pandemic right now so oh gosh yeah my heart really does go out to all the pregnant women at the moment it's stressful enough and yeah preparing for labor knowing that mm, there's the context for it is quite yeah i mean you know i was sent from pillar to post for about three days in a hospital i'm not prepared to do that now i think i'm gonna have to opt for a home birth Mm. but at the same time i know only too well that you know slight change of position and it's not possible and it's not yeah 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 how was that first encounter that you've had with her because as you said it was an emergency so you you were preparing for a more kind of natural birth scenario and then it. i was hoping for that yeah Yeah. (laughs) the encounter you know was actually amazing because they were sort of sewing me up and it was all it was all quite traumatic i think you know i think something happened as well in the operation i think they might have like nipped my bladder or something but oh no i didn't even know i was so out of it because you know after yeah. three days of labor oh, gosh. i asked my partner to be with her because i could hear you know when she was, when she was out i could hear her crying and did and they give of... her to you to hold or well uh he had her i was shaking so much ah, from the, from the yeah yeah I, that, that was something that i didn't anticipate i was hoping to hold her immediately mm. and I didn't because i was shaking um and but he held her near me and then as soon as she came close I put my hand on her chest and she stopped crying oh wow yeah and she just waited like that until I was all sewn up and then as soon as she went on me she started suckling and it was really special you know oh that's amazing well let's hope that this time our lovely NHS will think that through and have a more kind of supportive system in place for women who yeah, given birth anywhere yeah. in this country, home yeah. or hospital or birth center. Yeah, it's so. And how um, how was the weaning? Because that's another big um, kind of stage, like milestone yes. to reach when you kind of manage the whole yeah. boob situation. It's working fine, and then suddenly you're like faced with another challenge that you now have to actually yeah. introduce food and cook and plan yeah. meals I mean, and I was all of that. Yeah, I relaxed about that because at first it's just like sort of um, sweet potatoes and avocados and bits of, and bits of mm. banana yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just like, okay. I think my mum wanted me to start weaning earlier. I don't know why, but she had it in her head that I should start earlier. It's always rushing me to do stuff. So when, when did, when I did, did you absolutely, start? I'm not doing anything until six months. But I think she was asking yeah. me from about three months onwards. Like, yeah. oh wow! I don't know That's why. Really I don't know what the rush was, but <laughs> <laughs> interesting. What was her? What was her kind of explanation for think, that? Gosh, she was just sort of like, um, "Well, I think it's time." I, you know, I don't know why she thinks it's time. I, I was very much like, "Well, I don't feel like it is, so we're just going to wait." Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel any pressure from any, anyone um, kind of just in their opinion or advice on breastfeeding and feeding of your child um, in general? Gosh, well, I think when, uh, when I sort of uh, was doing the prolonged breastfeeding thing, I think at a certain point I felt like I couldn't, definitely couldn't do it in public anymore. I felt really sort of like mm. people were sort of like trying to stop themselves from being like, <gasps> what? <laughs> 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 
And at what point did you feel it stopped being comfortable for you to Gosh, I think feed her in public? Years, it was definitely like it's like I can't okay. get my boob yeah. out anymore because I just you know I just don't want the attention. <laughs> I'd love to revisit um, this topic with you when your other your second girl yeah. is born, and we can different. Who knows? <laughs> really yeah. interesting. Also, yeah. you have these ideas like I really wanted to do baby led weaning, but then actually. My mum was mm. uh, always here, like making purees. So, you know, ended up not. Well, you know, I did it a little bit. I did it, but at the same yeah. time, we had all these purees as well. So I wasn't going to waste them either. So I mm -hmm. kind of just did a mixture of whatever, and she just kind of often ate what I was eating, just nibbled on it. Yeah. Although once she grabbed a yeah. cheese toastie from my plate that had Tabasco all over it, and I completely oh, forgot wow. it had Tabasco <laughs> all over it. So that was a. Uh, a terrible, terrible scenario. How yeah. did? Well, she oh, was just gosh. screaming, and we were trying to wash her mouth out. <laughs> oh bless! <Yeah. laughs> oh gosh! Did that stop her from grabbing things did. off your yeah, plate? I think it did. Not. That's quite a harsh okay. lesson. Learn. <laughs> yeah, because that's currently our scenario where Rosie just grabs everything yeah. that I eat, and at first I was really keen because that kind of shows that she's so interested in food and she's very apt yeah. with you know hand yes. coordination and all of that but now it gets to a point where I can't actually enjoy oh, yeah. a meal <laughs> you've and, got a little baby um, hand in it <laughs> exactly there's constantly and then obviously oh. the mess she makes on my plate and Delphi's not like spitting things out but then she doesn't want it on her plate so she puts it on my plate it's like oh, <laughs> horrible like, thanks <laughs> <laughs> And how do you eat as a family? Like, do you have any kind of weekly rituals uh, or daily rituals that you make sure yeah. that, you know, you have well, to do um, it? It's not that, it just kind of usually works out. If my partner's at home, <laughs> we'll eat to dinner together every day, uh, just at a table, mm -hmm. not really in front of the TV. I mean, we have tried to have a couple of TV dinners, like, oh, let's just do that as a one-off. But actually then it turns out that Delphina isn't used to it so she just doesn't eat because she's watching and actually you know, oh, okay yeah that's kind of what you want anyway you don't really want to be doing two things at the same time so uh, so we've kind of just trying we always have breakfast together if my partner's working then me and Delphina will just eat together at the same time mm -hmm. um, and if he's here then he'll be eating with us at the same time every day so we're trying yeah. to have as many meals as we can as, as a family and just sitting around a table and no phones no you know my mum often used to put toys in front of Nusha and we kind of had to try and mm -hmm. um, uh, stop that because we thought it was a bad habit you know just being distracted with other things yeah know? that's true yeah yeah it's essentially an object that then needs to be a phone yeah. or something else it's Kind of and she eats really slowly anyway which is great i try and encourage her eating slowly but if she's constantly distracted then that's ju it's just you know takes way mm. too long yeah. yeah so you've never you've never um fed her separately how um kind of feed her first and then put her to bed and have your own no, dinner no it's like never that. worked out that way i mean no. obviously um I, I often give her more snacks but then i snack a lot as well so yeah yeah <laughs> So we both just snack every two Fair hours. enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. For me as well, I 
find it quite a natural part of the yeah. day that there's always a snack yeah. in between lunch and dinner. Yeah, I don't see why some people are so against you know, snacking. Yes. I guess Actually, it's yeah, different for you. I kind of read some, I don't know if it was like some fr- marketed it some, as some French way of eating where you're not allowed to snack between meals. That, that is yeah, not possible. Yeah, but she yeah. gets so hangry. And actually, this is something that I've realized yeah. with the tantrums. Often, it's because her mm. blood sugar is down. And her, her dad is the same. He just, you can immediately tell when he needs mm. a snack or when he hasn't eaten because he's just in a really bad mood. I think we're all like well, that, aren't we? People just tolerate it easier. Like, my mum doesn't really need to snack. And I think she was mm. trying to kind of okay. instill yeah. that in me when I was younger. And it kind of went the other way with mm-hmm. me where, you know, I ended up having some, like, eating issues at a certain point because I felt like too controlled mm, so I really interesting sort of, um, yeah don't want to sort of make the same mistake with Nushi I mean that's you know it's it's one of those things like you you learn you have to try and learn from the mistakes that your parents made because they, they might not think it was a mistake but <laughs> oh exactly yeah yeah you know exactly everyone does the best they exactly. think is the best exactly. for, for the family yeah mm. from my point of view I feel like okay I don't want her to feel like that so I'm not going to make snacking an issue yeah do you do meal planning not really no I think we're quite instinctive and we just um try and use up everything that we have uh so like the fresh things that we have we want to sort of use up as quickly as possible I do have friends that do that, you know, and they're like very organized people that do meal planning and really good kind of, you know, schedules for their kids and stuff like that. But we're a lot more relaxed. And when I do freeze things, actually, I find that we don't end up eating them. Because I'd rather cook something fresh (laughs) anyway. I also don't even label (laughs) what it is. And then sometimes they have this bizarre frozen thing in the bag. And you're like, like, what what is this? Yeah, completely. Like you have to be either that person that labels it, knows what everything mm-hmm. is, knows yeah. when you're going to eat it. But then I look at it and I'm like, but I don't feel like eating that today. Exactly. And then, you know, and, and yeah. I never feel like eating that. I want to eat yeah. something else. And did you, I guess, um, probably I already know the answer, but um, did you prepare for kind of post labor in any way? When, you know, before you went to the hospital, did you have any anything in your freezer or um, did you... Just... Oh, gosh, you know, I can't really remember. Everything seems so, like such a blur. I remember preparing my friend for labor. I actually mm. went to, like, when she was in uh, just before labor, I went to Greece and I cooked lots of things for her. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's lovely. I can't remember. That's the best thing to do for a friend. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember <laughs> if I did it for myself. But I did, you know what I did get that I found really helpful is rose otto oil. It's supposed to... Okay. Um, if you massage yourself with it every day, it's supposed to ward off baby blues. Yeah. So I made sure mm-hmm. I like either my partner gave me a little massage with it every day, or if he didn't, then I just did my legs or my feet or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. And did it yes, help? Because yeah, because sometimes oh, there, were, there are moments when you do start feeling a bit low and I felt like that did really, mm-hmm. did really help me actually. Maybe it's just the placebo effect, but who cares, you know? No, exactly. And it's yes. obviously harmless that, you know, exactly. it's a beautiful scent and you get a massage. <laughs> exactly. what's, what's, it's like what's a little moment that? of self-care. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. 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 And speaking of that, um, have you managed to, um, well, I mean, did you have self-care rituals in place before oh, you gosh, had yeah. your baby? And if so, did you manage to kind of transfer that into um, the other you know, life I've, I've as always a mother? Been, 
a little bit bad at that for some reason. Um, I'm trying to sort of, in, I'm learning that myself and I'm trying to sort of instill that in Nushi as I'm learning it, as I'm learning to take that bit of time for myself mm -hmm. and, and do stuff. Um, yeah, so I think the Rose Otto thing was the only thing. I mean, before Nushi, I was going to um, acupuncture quite a lot and then I thought I would continue that, but I just didn't, no, I, I just never went back, you know, and um, my whole routine in terms of exercise and stuff, I tried to, obviously after a cesarean, mm -hmm. you can't really exercise at the beginning, but but when you can, yeah. I tried to go for a run and my, my knees were killing me. So I've never even gone back to running. So I've kind of right. changed yeah. all my routines in my life has just completely changed, but not in a bad way. I think I've just found different things. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, change yeah. can be great. And speaking of um, kind of yeah. you as you, because um, obviously as all-consuming as motherhood mm. can be, there's still a lot of other aspects of your identity um, that yeah. is not connected to motherhood. Um, how do you manage that um, balance of being you as a mother, being you as a professional woman who... It also has to be said you're doing a PhD yes. in addition to all of that. Um, so, you know, you have yeah. so much um, kind of internal intellectual work going on. Yum, 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 and then just you. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yeah, someone wants the boob. <laughs> That's a very perfect sound, isn't yeah. it, for our discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how do you kind of marry all those different strands yeah. of your identity and um, being able well, to enjoy gosh, them? Know. Sometimes I feel like I take on too much, to be honest with you. And um, I will have mm -hmm. to defer my PhD for a year. Um, well, right now right, I can't yeah. even go into uni. So I've had to kind of put that on hold and, and also to finish my book and stuff. So, so sometimes actually having so many things on, yes, it's good for like keeping a sense of identity, but it can just stress you out as well, you know. And you've got too many oh, balls gosh, in yes. the air and you're trying to do too much. And actually then mm -hmm. it's like the opposite of self-care. Um, so yeah. I'm actually just sort of trying to learn it, take it easy. And during this pandemic, I've, I've just said to my partner, I need a couple of hours to myself every day because I noticed that I'm just a much nicer person. Um, if I, I just have a little bit of time to meditate mm. and do my other things. And if I get a few things done, yep. then, um, then everything kind of comes together. Whereas if I feel like I'm not mm -hmm. getting things done, then I'm not I, I'm not the best mother either because I'm just a little bit impatient yep. and um, it's just I think maybe communicating your needs as well and just yeah oh that's a great saying, one yeah I need this because otherwise I'm like not in the best mood and then it's not great for anyone yeah I think. Um... Well, I hope we're moving, as women, we're moving away from that way of thinking that it's, you know, it's selfish mm -hmm. to take time off and you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff for yourself when you need to be focusing on yeah. the child. But as you rightly say, it's like you're kind of the foundation yes. for everything that happens. So if there's something mm -hmm. off within you, then you're not going to relate as compassionately to a child or her crying might Absolutely. irritate you more than it usually does. So it's so essential to have that hour or, you know, yeah. 10 minutes or yeah. whatever time you need just to calm down, focus on yourself, meditate. Yes, I think yeah. meditating is one of the best gifts I've yeah. recently given to myself yeah. as well. 
So it's great to yeah, hear that you are meditating has been crucial. And just having just having a little yoga practice at home, like literally, not it doesn't have to be long, but mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. just something. And and in that time, often like if Nushi is there and she's sort of whining or something, I'm like, no, you do not whine in the yoga room. <laughs> if you want to whine, you have to go to another room. <laughs> this is a <laughs> sacred space. With no, whining. no whining. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know a lot of people aren't don't want to say that you know I've, I have friends who are like oh how are you dealing with the incessant chatter and I'm like well sometimes I just say you know can you stop talking for a little while so mum you can concentrate on something like can we have a little bit of quiet time <laughs> um and does she does um, yeah, she I mean, play I have to along explain it to her a little bit um sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes she does sometimes she doesn't it all depends on how strong her needs are you know yeah one last question um do you have a recipe that you can share that is a perfect family meal oh. um, and is easy to cook? I would say cachotta, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the Polish version of a risotto, but with mm-hmm. kasha, which, mm-hmm. as you know, is grains. It's lots of different types of grains. So you could use buckwheat, you could use barley or pearl barley, literally anything. And, um, and you just make it like a risotto. So you just slice some onion or a leek, fry in some oil, add the kasha, mm-hmm. and then um, just keep adding stock. And then I like to have that either with um, something like uh, wild mushrooms, or if you don't have that, then maybe some beetroot, which mm. I would sort of um, maybe roast beforehand and add that in for a lovely like pink color. And then maybe some creme fraiche and some goat's cheese dill on oh. top, of course. Yes. <laughs> Always still on top. We're from Eastern Europe. Yes, still yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Best of luck um, with your new book as well. Thank you so much. And the new arrival. So when are you due? Thank you. I'm due beginning of June. Oh, wow. That's very soon. Yes. I'm trying not to be too nervous about the, no. the whole thing. Try and keep my spirits up and just take it as it comes yeah that's the best way to be yeah so lovely speaking to you you too darling thank you thank you for listening if you have enjoyed this episode please don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast i would love to know what you think of mother food so please rate and leave a review you can find me on instagram at elisa timoshkina And do visit my website, elisatimoshkina.com, for show notes and recipes featured on this podcast. Podcast.